0: The Global Cast showcases SFU students' diverse stories, a podcast that fosters inclusivity by sharing in intercultural conversations, opportunities, and fun segments with our SFU global community. We want to start by respectfully acknowledging the Squamish, Salish Sea, and Musqueam peoples on whose sacred, unceded, and ancestral territories we are recording today. In this episode, we are joined by the health peers from SFU's Health and Counseling Services for a conversation on mental health, how we can be mindful about the well-being of ourselves and others, as well as the free and diverse range of support and resources available for SFU students.
1: Hi everyone, my name is Ize and I use the she, her pronouns. I am one of the coordinators for the Global Connections program. Right here, oops. Um, and I am also an international student in my fourth year studying engineering with a minor in biomedical physiology. And I am joined by two other students, Alicia and Sarah. Today, they are health peers, and the health peers have the help the health promotion team at Health and Counseling Services. And they support student health and well-being on campus through free events, free workshops, and podcast, Instagram, and blog post. Goodness, you guys do a lot. Um, But I'm going to let you introduce yourself better.
2: (laughs) Thank you for having us. Um, Hi, I'm Alicia. My pronouns are she, her, and I also go by they, theirs. And I am a first-generation Canadian of South Asian descent. And I came right out of high school, right into university. And I, fun fact, I just recently convocated a Bachelor's of Science in Health Sciences with a minor in Kinesiology. <laughs> kind of a mouthful, um, but I did it. I have been a health peer for four years and part of why I decided to be a health peer was because I was really interested in health promotion and just
3: wanted to get more involved on campus. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me too. So excited to be here with you today. Uh, My name is Sarah and my pronouns are she, her and I am also a first generation domestic Canadian student um, who came to SFU right after graduating high school and I am currently going into my fifth year at SFU, just transitioned to new uh, major so I don't really know which year I technically am, Um, not just me (laughs) and I joined the Health program in 2018. I first Joined because I was interested in health and I want to learn more about promoting health to other individuals at SFU and I'm so glad that I am part of it and still sticking around and and yeah it's a really good program. I'm
1: so glad to have you guys on the global cast it's awesome to be able to talk about mental health and taboos around it, especially coming here from an international high school and being completely new to BC. I had to adjust to the culture here and it was just very overwhelming and I had to create a whole new support system and I'm sure a lot of international students probably had to go through the same thing as I did coming into SFU. And so to have this conversation is really awesome and I really hope that we help new students coming into SFU or even like returning students coming to SFU um, to have an easier time accessing resources and talking about their mental health. Honestly, at first, I thought that health and counseling was only about accessing doctors and counselors for free. Um, And I was not aware of all the resources that are available, but there's so many and all for free. So can you just maybe run down some of them so people are a little bit more aware of what you guys
2: do? Yeah, so a few of some really awesome support groups and um, drop-in programs that we have. One of them is Meet, Eat, and Greet, that's specifically for international students, mm-hmm. and it's run by the amazing Ricky, who <laughs> is the international student case manager. The Meet, Eat, and Greet programs are a really great place just to meet and talk and mm-hmm. eat and do, they also do arts and crafts there too, so it's always a fun time. Um, some other support groups is the South Asian Diaspora Healing Space that's going to be restarting in the fall. And it's just a nice place to kind of bond with people with the shared cultural background as you.
0: Mm-hmm. And we're
2: gonna have a new um, support group for Black, Indigenous, and people of color. That's mm-hmm. gonna be also starting up in the fall and it's gonna be fun, interactive activities just to learn more about mental health and talk about those things. Um, so these are just a few. There's a whole lot more um, that you can check out on our website too. Oh,
1: yes, the website's gonna be in the description. Awesome. So we're talking a lot about student support and reaching out for help when it comes to mental health. And I feel like for me, growing up, mental health wasn't really talked about. Um, So maybe it's, it would be best to have a moment to kind of define what mental health is.
2: Yeah, I grew up in a family that immigrated from India. So mental health wasn't something that was talked about. And it was something that my parents had no idea how to navigate and talk about too. Um, So a quick kind of, rundown and summary of what mental health is. Mental health refers to our thoughts, our feelings and behaviors. Mm -hmm. And um, it's very different than mental illness. We all have mental health, but we may not all have mental illness. And in fact, um, one in five will experience a mental illness in a given year, um, but we all experience changes in our mental health because mental health lies on a spectrum. Some days we wake up and we're just feeling great Um, it's like we're in a fairy tale and birds are singing and everything's just amazing. And then sometimes you have three finals back to back, and you are very stressed. And, um, that's just one example. And Mm -hmm. you could also be struggling. You could be, um, shutting down and you could be in a very bad space. So our mental health really fluctuates. You could be having good or bad days. And sometimes in one day you could have a whole kind of series of emotions, um, and mental illness is also a spectrum too. You could have a mental illness, but you can also still have good mental health. Um, so you can have severe mental health and have um, no diagnosable mental illness. And you could have um, a mental illness and have good mental health. And you can also have no mental illness and have poor mental health. Um, so it's so important that we remember that. and you can also make changes and you can also get support so that if you do have a mental illness, you can still have good mental health.
3: Yeah, like what Alicia said, it's it's in a spectrum, right? So I think it's super important that, like she said, um, really important that we seek the appropriate care and help early so that we can ensure that we maintain that good mental health and also good mental mm-hmm. illness um, and do not progress to like the crisis ends. And so that we can do this by doing some self reflection and identifying what um, our telltale signs are when we are struggling or when we're anxious or stressed um, out. And mental health may not just be manifest as emotions, it could show up as like physical signs, like sleep, having some sleeping issues, change in appetite, restlessness, or even like severe mild stomach problems.
1: Definitely nausea. That's a big telltale sign for me. Um, it's usually connected to my stress. Um, but the thing is that you wake up, you're stressed, you have nausea. And usually when I have nausea, I just can't really eat anything and I'm not feeling mm-hmm. hungry. And then at the end of the day, I'm just like super weak, which makes me even more stressed. And it's a very much of a vicious cycle. And because mental health was not really talked about when I was younger, I just never knew. Like I was just like, oh, it's nausea. I guess I didn't eat very well the day before and then I would just treat I guess the symptom of stress rather than the stress itself I don't know do you guys have also like any telltale signs
3: I I definitely do I think I I don't know I just start to feel very confined and I cannot really stay still like I start moving around and then if it gets like worse I start to feel like having like you know like maybe just like hard time breathing or just catching my breath is a little difficult at times things like that or if it's at night I definitely do have trouble sleeping uh, which sucks because you know when you're tired everything just gets worse so it kind of (laughs) becomes like a cycle of just negative things and it's hard to you know pick up yourself again and move towards like a more positive direction sometimes that's why seeking support is really important
2: I know for me, I fidget a lot. Like, I don't know when I'm stressed, I feel like I can't stop moving and my brain can't stop thinking. Mm. I feel like every time I go to bed, there's like a million thoughts and it's like, you're going to forget this. You're going to forget that. Oh, you have to do this. You have to do that. Or um, I'll can't stop thinking about this event that did happen. And I'll be like, why did I do that? (laughs) And there's just regret. (laughs) keeps me up at night. And then because of all this, I'm just so tired. Um, which doesn't really help because I'm (laughs) stressed. I'm moving a lot and I'm not sleeping. Um, Oh, so I feel like as students, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others and how other students may have it worse than us or they're doing more than us. And we, it's just important to remember that we all have our own limits and we all get stressed and we all maybe like, one day you're doing a million things and then another day if you try to do that you won't be able to so Mm -hmm. just remembering that you have your own ruler and that we have our own kind of um, unique rulers too because sometimes you have your off days too and it's important to be mindful of that and be kind to yourself Um, so don't be too hard on yourself if you're having an off day Um, and if you're not doing as much as other people make sure you're seeking help when you need to not making not seeking help when other people seek help keeping yourself accountable doing what's good for you
3: I love that and I honestly like totally agree and I love your analogy of like the ruler I think that really helps me to understand like about that limit that everyone has and it's a little different for everyone right and Mm -hmm. honestly even if it is something that you can cope with like you're doing a lot and it's something that you are able to do, it still really is important that you take the needed break that your body and your mind deserve so that you don't burn out in the end, even if it feels like it's okay right now at this moment. And Mm -hmm. I feel like our society, it's always, you know, like applauding those who just keep going without taking a break. They're always saying, you know, you're doing a great job and people look up to you and things like that. But that's never... You know the most healthy thing to do like i said taking a break is really important so and it can really rejuvenate us to finish off our race strong instead of you know like struggling to get to the end <laughs> yeah. end of the race
1: i think that it's really 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 about what works for you like There's so there is a lot of resources. and I know that it's not necessarily super obvious at first, and that a lot of uh, culture is more about you looking for and finding those resources rather than they just them just like popping up in front of you. Um, but I really encourage everybody to look for those resources when you're feeling well, so that whenever you feel a little bit of stress, a little bit of overwhelming, just not feeling at your best, you already know where they are, and you're able to access them easily. Something that I also want to talk about is Canadian cultural context, which is a low context culture. Um, co- culture is actually because there's a lot of cultures within Canada that do abide to that lo- low context description. And low context means that everything that you say, you mean. It's a very direct, direct communication style. Um, and that does play out a lot more in the healthcare, the healthcare system.
2: But I know most uh, health authorities in BC, they're moving towards patient-centered care, which means that they want to have conversations and they want to make treatment plans with their patients. And so if you're not used to asking questions to physicians, because they're intimidating. They went to school for a whole lot of years. They're really smart. <laughs> but they're not an expert on you. You're the expert on you. Um, yeah so make sure don't be afraid to have that conversation remember you're the expert of you you know what works for you Um, yes don't be a passive bystander to your care you're allowed to have those conversations and challenge them if something's not working Mm
3: -hmm. I love that and also another thing you could do is if, if it is feel like it's too much to you know actually seek a doctor to discuss your condition. You can always start with lower barrier resources that are offered to S S P students too. Um, for example, my S S P. It is a mobile app. The students, all students at S S P, can download for free on their personal devices, mm-hmm. and you they can and you can communicate with the counselor through text or phone call anytime, twenty four seven. It's available for you at your fingertips. You can just text them somebody and ask questions, or even if you're struggling, they're always there to kind of listen and kind of give you a little bit of a guidance, um, even though it's not like an in-person interaction. And also like um, we mentioned earlier today, Ricky, <laughs> our case manager is great. He's always there to support all international students. If they're struggle- if you're struggling, if you just have any questions, um, he's there for you and he will be able to help you or at least be there to listen to what you have to say that's always really really helpful too and super supportive and also uh, we mentioned about like meet read and eat which in, which is available for international students as well as the south asian diaspora healing space and um, future bipoc um, support groups that will be happening in the fall those are all places i guess necessarily you might not be able to ask specific medical questions but they are there to support you and these students are kind of dealing with the same situation, struggling with the same issues, so you might be able to connect um, with that as well, and that might help you out too. Mm -hmm.
1: I think especially when it comes to mental health, um, I feel like when it comes to physical health, a lot of people are able to relate to one another really fast, Mm -hmm. but with mental health, like every, I think it's been so reinforced that everybody has their own struggle. No, you don't really talk about it. Nah, 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 nah. But when you actually have that conversation, like Alicia was saying, and when you actually reach out to the resources that Sarah mentioned, you realize that a lot of the struggles that you're going through, a lot of other people are going through it. And chances are they might have something that works for them and might not work for you, but they also might have something that works for them that also works wonderfully for you. And so the more we talk about it and the more we're true to how we're feeling. Um, inside in terms of our emotions in terms of our health I think the more we're better off I think that that also ties into us coming back in person in fall because we really need to open this conversation um, and to just be able to talk about our comfort levels and all and I was also wondering if you guys have any anxieties about fall
2: 2021 yeah for me personally I'm worried about being overwhelmed I barely stepped out of my house during the pandemic. And, like, if I did, it felt like a whole day activity because I'd just be so tired after even grocery shopping was sometimes a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, I know even now, even though I'm double vaxxed, I still am worried about hanging out with my friends now with all the variants out there. Um, So, returning back to school, um, I know I was this person who did a lot of things before COVID and now during COVID I'm different. So just making sure that I remember that, that this is a new normal. We're not going back to what we used to be. And I'm a different person. I have new limits now. And that doesn't mean I might not be the same as I was before, but just trying to be patient with myself and respect my own personal boundaries. And not push myself to go out of my comfort zone too soon. I'm just finding my old rhythm. My new rhythm, I mean. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
3: Yeah. about you? I think for me, too, I am definitely a bit anxious, you know. I think when I think about SFU, I always think about like the break time being in between classes and everyone's just packed in that hallway <laughs> in AQ and I don't I I cannot picture myself being in the middle of that crowd I think I would feel very overwhelmed but I think with whatever interactions that I do encounter in the fall in person I think it's super important like Alicia mentioned that I respect my own boundaries. I don't have to, I shouldn't have to force myself to expand my boundaries just because of other people and they seem seem to have different boundaries.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And it's also important to reciprocate that for whoever that I am interacting with. So I think for, for sure I will be mindful of other people's boundaries and always ask that first before I approach them too closely. Um, just so that there is that mutual agreement and also that safe space in between folks moving forward.
1: Yeah, it's important to reciprocate, like Sarah was saying, and I really hope that you also find this trend to be like, hey, please stand like an arms length away from me. Hi, I would prefer if you wore your mask when you're talking to me. Talking a little bit more about boundaries and how that is very much related to self-care. And since we are talking about mental health, what do you personally do That's self-care?
0: Well,
2: for me, I like to write. Um, I write poems and I write short stories a lot. And sometimes when I'm really stressed and I have like a million thoughts in my head, sometimes putting it down and actually writing it helps empty my head a bit. And then I can also kind of see the different thought patterns. And sometimes when you read something, you're like, that sounds absolutely garbage. That's <laughs> insane. Why am I thinking like that? And it helps me see those, spot those troubling patterns in my thoughts when um, sometimes I am really stressed and I'm not thinking clearly. And I also have my go to people. I like to rant to people. And I know Sarah probably has gotten rant texts from me when I'm (laughs) like stressed or I'm just like, what's happening? (laughs) Um, So having those people that you feel comfortable sharing with and having those rant sessions with is so important and I also like to really bake I don't know there's something about like getting rid of all your nervous energy it's something that's productive kind of and you get a treat you get to treat yourself um yeah that's what I do
3: I think for me I listen first of all I listen I just search stress relief sounds on YouTube and usually it's like either like waves from the ocean sound like nature sound something like that with some piano in the background I just listen to that for like a good 10 minutes just close my eyes sort of like in a meditative state and it's really nice I think because when I'm stressed my mind is just going and it's like listening to that music and just closing my eyes it's like a really effective way to just kind of stop everything and once I stop my thought process for a good 10 minutes and come back to it everything's just a little more clear Um, so that's really effective another thing is I don't typically write too much, but I, I love talking. So, similar to Alicia, I rant. Uh, she heard me rant too a lot. And like my parents have heard me rant. They get tired of it very often. Now that I'm living with them again because of the pandemic, they usually go away um, after about 10 minutes. That's okay, 10 minutes is typically enough. <laughs> I talk fast, That's, it's fine. Um, but yeah, like talking is a great way. And when I talk it out, it doesn't feel like it's that big of an issue. I don't know why when it's just in your head, it just feels like a huge, huge barrier or just like a huge load on your shoulders. Um, so yeah, that's what I do.
1: Yeah, I completely get it. Like if there's something on my mind and for some reason it's just not being processed, like it's, I'm not reaching any kind of conclusion on it, it stays there and then like, emotions about it just keep on accumulating <laughs> mm-hmm. and it just like takes a whole part of my energy that it honestly kind of doesn't deserve um and that's what for me running or dancing like any kind of cardio that forces you to breathe because you gotta because you're gonna be out of breath helps so much because I'm a very very energetic person almost too energetic for a lot of people's um comfort (laughs) Um, and so I have a little bit of a hard time with meditation I am practicing it I know that it's a skill to learn um, but for me like running or dancing anything that's active that forces you to breathe in quite a rhythmic manner helps so much because you have to think about so many things like oh don't twist your ankle oh don't (laughs) keep on breathing oh look ahead oh look down don't step on Dog poo or something like that, you know, <laughs> those kind of things. <laughs> you need to be <laughs> aware of your surroundings and it helps a little bit. It's a little bit meditative. We're just coming back to a conclusion that you know what's best for you and find those little bit, those moments of self care that you can practice to make sure that you're the best version of yourself and that you're proud of yourself and you're showing up as your true self every day for other people. Gosh, I'm so glad that you guys came in. This was a wonderful conversation. I really hope that all the students out there listening or watching um, got answers and maybe are able to look for resources that they didn't know we needed or that they knew we needed. And if you have any question or anything that you want us to talk a little bit more about when it comes to our wonderful health years here at SFU, please leave comments send us emails and maybe we can have another chat diving into other aspects of mental health or other aspects of student life that touches on physical mental health and it would be awesome to have you guys back for that uh, but thank you everybody for listening thank you alicia thank you sarah
0: thank you for listening to this episode of the global cast if you have any questions you like answered by us or want to let us know what you'd like to hear in the next episode Leave us a message on Facebook or Instagram at SFU Global Community. Until next time, goodbye. Bye. Bye.